Come on, y'all give the Lord a hand praise as we get ready for the word of God. Amen. Didn't give our praise and worship team a hand. Amen. Give them a hand. Amen. It's a team. Amen. They're working diligently. Amen. Working hard. Amen. Perfecting their crafts. Amar praising. Yoda and Shabbat and Barak. All of that. Uh, absolutely beautiful. Amen. I'm going to ask that you stand as we get ready for the word. We're going to pray. Amen. And I just want to urge all of our Christian brothers and sisters. Amen. And there's a, there's a, God is moving and God is calling. Amen. And I just thought about recently, amen, how, you know, you see people being touched and turning to Christ all over, celebrities, rappers, people in jail. Amen. And I thought about myself, amen, when I was young. And I grew up, amen, Baptist. That's how I grew up. And when I grew up like that, that's the, that was my family raised me like that. And I gained a new perspective on it here recently as I began to think about it. I began to have more respect because even though God introduced me to the spirit of God, it was what my family bringing me to church, bringing me to, they gave me a consciousness of God. They gave me a, an awareness. They gave me a foundation. And I've been to learn more as I'm meeting people, not to be so quick to look at the fault in how people praise God and their set of beliefs and their religious practices. Because the Pharisees, whenever Jesus came, they didn't understand him. Because he was coming in in holiness and in the spirit of God. And all of those people that sat around, they couldn't understand him because it didn't look like they thought it should look. And because it didn't look the way they thought it should look, they missed the Christ. And the thing that God sent to be salvation to them, they stumbled at it. And it became a stumbling block versus something that saved them. And I begin to be thankful. That's why the Bible says, in everything, give thanks. I begin to thank God for my grandmother. I begin to thank God for my grandmother, father, who was a deacon in the Baptist church. I begin to thank God for my uncle Lawrence. Amen. And because they brought me up in the youth department. They brought me up traveling, speaking from a child. God knew what I was going to do. I didn't know. But they brought me and I traveled speaking in little orations and things of that nature and those are things that God was using to prepare me for who I was and so it began to teach me you can't look down when you meet people the first thing you do it can't be to see what's wrong with them but if you have something that can help them get it to them amen but you can't offend where people come from Cornelius was a devout man but there are some people that grew up Catholic and they devout in that that's all they know and they go every week they go sometimes I've seen some people grow up in different denominations live better than people that claim to be holy I'm telling you I've seen some people that claim holiness live like the devil and some people that grow up in all kind of religions and they faithful to their wives they go to work they pay their bills because they're voters they live in a society as good citizens and then people claim to be holy and run around cheat have all kind of things going on so we can't be so arrogant and think because God has blessed us with his spirit that we can just walk around being elite and bashing everybody because they don't believe like 
like us, but God, give us a heart to be able to mingle with any and everybody. If they're calling on Christ, we should be able to fellowship one with another. We got to get out of offending people because they didn't grow up believing like we believe. Praise God. I got my foundation there. I got my consciousness of God there. Amen. And because God chose a different path for me, I'm thankful for it. But I love my family that raised me up in church. Amen. I said I love my family that raised me up in church. And my family made sure. And what happened when I started to stray away from the Lord, I was on college campus in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I wouldn't go to bed. I could go out and smoke weed, drink, go to clubs. I wouldn't go to sleep without saying my Our Father's Prayer. Now, guess what? That didn't mean much because I wasn't living a righteous life. But in my heart, I felt like I can't go to sleep unless I at least thank God for letting me make it back to this room safe. And I didn't even know how to pray, but I knew how to say, Our Father, which art in heaven. So we can't disrespect people because we're not all on the same level in our walk. Amen. And if we're going to do anything effective in the kingdom of God, we got to learn how to embrace. If somebody is calling on Christ, then you got to say, okay, at least that's a believer. At least they believe at the bare minimum, they believe in Jesus Christ. And from there, you can move forward as God leads and give wisdom. Amen. Because the Bible said in the last days, God will cause us to cause us to do exploits. You can't do an exploit in your little circle. An exploit is when you shift in paradigms and changing cultures. And you can't do that kind of thing when your mind is closing in the box and you feel like you're the only one that know God. But you got to let God lead you through his spirit, guide you, love people. If somebody say they believe in Jesus Christ, begin to pray for them. Pray for Kanye. Pray for him. Pray for the man. To pray when I begin to say, God connect them with good leadership. God connect them with somebody that's not going to exploit him for his name. Connect them with somebody that can teach him about being born of the Spirit. Connect him with somebody that's going to love him. Can I begin to pray for his wife? I begin to say, God help Kim Kardashian. God begin to help him be patient with her because she this is new to her. Help her to see what he's doing and not be a stumbling block, but teach her how to be a wife to pray for her husband. And she begin to say how he's noticed that it's been positive for their kids. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? She been kind of saying, I can even see my kids. I'm thankful that my kids are starting to at least hear about Jesus. Isn't that better if you had to choose the worst of two evils? Isn't it better that they're at least hearing about the Lord Jesus? Hallelujah. Because the Bible don't say how long Cornelius was without Peter come and meet him. It says he was devout. It could have been 20 years he was devout, living the best he knew, and then God sent Peter to him. The Bible didn't say how long those people in Acts 19 were following John's baptism. It just say that's all we know. And then Paul introduced them. 
The Bible didn't say how long Apollos was mighty in the scriptures and didn't have the Holy Ghost. It just said Priscilla and Aquila saw Apollos preaching and they was like, that is a bad rascal. He can preach the word. He is mighty in the scriptures. If I can just teach him about the Holy Ghost, man, think about what he can do for God. That's how your mind got to be. There's some people that's going to be mighty in the scriptures that you meet. And you got to say, God, fill them with your spirit. Oh, my God. Great things are coming. Y'all felt that spirit that was in this place? (sighs) Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So let us pray. And you don't want to be like, you remember when Jesus told those Pharisees, he said, the kingdom of God was for you. He said, but you have shut it up. He said, the publicans, the sinners, the harlots, the people that don't even know how to praise God like you. They just going to say, man, I can get free over there. They said, they're going to, you're going to see people coming in the kingdom of God that don't know things about religion, but they want God. And it's going to be up to you to show them. Praise God. Hallelujah. So we don't want to let people come in the kingdom of God and we get in the way of them finding God. But we want to be guides to them. Amen. Father, in the mighty, wonderful, precious, beautiful name of Christ. What a beautiful name. Hallelujah, Lord. What a wonderful name. What a beautiful name the precious name of Christ Father I thank you for Christ I thank you Lord Jesus shedding your blood being obedient to the Father looking down on a world that was lost and agreeing to come and be a sacrifice for every man God for the man that's caught up in fornication for him God for the man that's caught up in alcohol for him God, for the man that's strung out on drugs, for him. God, for the prostitute, for her. God, for the harlot, for her. God, for the addicts of any kind, for them. Lord Jesus, for those, God, that are struggling with their sexual identities, for them you died as well. For every man, for every man on the face of the earth, you died. No matter their background, Lord Jesus, and you let them know. That you are open and ready to forgive. All we have to do is acknowledge. Acknowledge, not justify it, God, not hide it. But come to you very humbly, oh God, confessing where we come short. God, and as we lay our struggles before you, as we lay our addictions before you, as we lay our bondages before you, hallelujah, Lord. Oh, my God, we'll find mercy, God. You'll forgive us, oh, God. God, and then you'll give us the grace of God. God, and fill us with your spirit so that we can live a life of empowerment. God, that everything we read in that word, oh, God, we can obey you in all things. Strengthen your people today, my Lord God. God, your precious people, God. God, your wonderful people, oh God. God, begin to strengthen them, God. Someone is discouraged, God. Let them know, God, that you're going to make everything okay, God. God, let them not lose hope, God. God, let them not lose courage, oh God. God, let them not lose faith, oh God. Lord Jesus, even as you begin to pray for Peter, you said the enemy desired to have him. But you prayed for him. 
I pray for my brothers and sisters right now that their faith fail not. And Father, as we get ready to go into this teaching series, give me the wisdom, give me the grace, the poise to express what the Spirit wants to speak and communicate. And every ear, let it be open. Every heart, let it be receptive. God, enlighten the eyes of our understanding. God, educate us in your word. God, so that we can live this life with knowledge and not be as those beating the air. And every spirit that would attempt to hinder us, we bind you in Jesus' mighty, powerful name. Let your word have free course. You may be seated in the presence of God. Amen. Hallelujah. All right, how many of you ready for the word of God? Amen. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, amen, amen. If you have your Bibles, amen. Let's get ready. Amen. Last week I was preaching and I was, I said, well, I was saying, you know, I, I'm, I, was, I wasn't going to minister this week. I didn't. I said, you know, but then God started dealing with me. I said something last week, and when I said something, I said, God wants everybody to be filled with the Holy Ghost, and they shared that, our social media team, and what happened is, as I started watching it, you know, people from just all kind of places just started commenting and saying amen and things like that. And what it began to put in my heart is just show me how hungry the people really are for God all over. They're not hungry for a certain ministry. They're not hungry for a man. They're not hungry for a woman. They're not hungry for religion. They're not hungry for theology. They're not hungry for my philosophy. They're not hungry for that. Because those are the things that have called divisions in the religious world. But what people are hungry for is a connection straight to God. Amen. Can I get amen? Amen. People want to know God. People want to know God. People want to connect to God. And the way you connect to God is through his spirit. Amen. So as I've been going to look at that, God began to put on my heart. Amen. And I just want to. You know, everybody know I like to preach and I get excited. Amen. I love it. But God been going to share with me, say, son, there's some things I need you to teach. I need you to gather yourself and slow down because there's some things he begin to share with me that need to be taught so that we understand God's heart and God's mind. How many of you know God has a will? Amen. There are strategic things that God wants done at certain times. Amen. So I ask that you concentrate and I ask that you help me concentrate because it's a lot of information the Holy Ghost put in my spirit. Amen. And so I ask that you keep me in prayer. Amen. And pray with us. So this week, amen, the, the, the title of the series itself, the title of the series itself 
is pneumatology. Now, don't get afraid of that because every word, you know, is, is the syllables and you break them down. So pneuma, you know, how many of you ever heard of pneumonia? It's talking about the lung, breathing. That word pneuma is a Greek word for spirit or breath. But that's where you get the word spirit from. That's where you get the word breath from. Remember, it talks about Jesus breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Ghost. That was pneuma. Tology is simply the study of. So whenever you see, so the second part of that word, pneumatology, is just come from two Greek words, spirit and logos. Logos means to teach about. Ology means the study of. So this whole series is just the study of the spirit of God. Amen. So we're going to spend three weeks studying the spirit of God. Amen. And there's some things you're going to learn. Amen. And you're going to get and you're going to see and it's going to enhance your walk. And it's going to show you how and why it's so important to connect to God through his spirit. Amen. And just follow me because I realize that every inch of I mean, the enemy literally fights all things God. He fights the existence of God. There's a, a, a lot of people, they fall under the umbrella of what's called atheists. No God at all. Okay. But then there's people that fight uh, Christ. Christ wasn't the son of God. He was God. So people, so, I mean, the enemy has tried everything to fight all things God. Through religion, through thinking. You got something that came out. And it's kind of growing Hebrew Israelites where they're thinking and people using that to make themselves better than other people. And not realizing that God, the body of Christ, the family of God, no specific race, sect, or culture has any preeminence on God, no preference on God over anybody else. In Christ, there is no Jew, nor Gentile, bond, nor Greek, Hebrew, Israelite, Christian. None of that matters in Christ. Christ is all and in you all. So no religious group or no religious sect can claim exclusivity to Christ. Nobody can say if you don't go to this church, you don't have God. If you're not Catholic, you don't have God. If you're not Baptist, you don't have God. If you're not Methodist, you don't have God. If you're not Muslim, you don't have Allah. Nobody can say, Jehovah Witness can't say, if you don't follow this, you don't have Jehovah. I don't care what name you call them. I don't care what school of thought you come up with. Nobody has exclusivity on God. Nobody. Nobody can say, Jesus said this. He said, some are going to say, I'm over here. Some are going to say, he's in the desert. So he said, there is no specific geographical location that you can find me. He said, but the kingdom of God is going to be in you. The kingdom of God is wherever God's spirit is. In the walls, outside of the walls, you can get the Holy Ghost in a certain church, in a denomination. You can, I got the Holy Ghost in my grandmother's house in a back room. Some people got the Holy Ghost in their car. Some people got the Holy Ghost and then the Spirit of God will start leading you where he wants you to be. But God does those things many times so that people can't claim exclusivity to him. Amen. All right. So first message is titled the revelation of Pentecost. And I want to read something to you and I want y'all to follow me. Okay. 
All right, y'all ready? Somebody say Pentecost. All right, so to introduce this, I'm just going to read some of the notes I made, I got, I wrote, jotted down uh, from Passover to Pentecost. All right, y'all follow. To fully understand the magnitude and the will of God for the day of Pentecost, we must be able to grasp the history of the Old Testament's account of the Exodus. Y'all remember the Exodus when God took them out of Egypt? All right. Of the Exodus, Exodus from under the oppressive regime of Pharaoh. Now, the Old Testament is a shadow of the real thing that God wanted to usher in in the New Testament. Okay. It says it was an allegory of the real plan. So there was 10 plagues that God sent to Egypt. Y'all remember lice, frogs, all of that. Plague number 10, here's what happened. God told them that I'm going to kill the firstborn male child in every family and cattle. So God killed uh, firstborns, animals, things of that. The first, the thing that opened the womb, God. So when that plague hit, that's what caused Pharaoh to buckle to his knees to release the, the people. Now, when God was sending that plague, what happened is he told them to sacrifice an animal. And the blood that they got from that animal, they would take and take that animal's blood And they would walk to their doors and they would put markings on their doors with the blood of the animal. Amen. And that. So what happened that the angel said every door that I pass over that identifies my people and the death angel is going to pass over that door. Okay, so that's where the term Passover come from. The death angel saw blood and he just passed over the door. And everybody that was under those roofs with blood on it, their firstborns were spared. Amen. Everybody else without blood died. All right. So that was called the Passover. So God, so look at this. This is something that now they had to uh, have what was called every year a Passover meal. And each food item on the plate represented something from that exodus, okay? So the meat, or you see that bone, that made them memorize or remember the sacrifice or the animal that was killed. So they had to eat that animal, and they had to remember, okay, something died for me to live, okay? I'm talking about the Old Testament account. Then you had this little brown substance over here. It was like a mush. Any of you ever ate hummus? <laughs> kind of like a paste. Well, they had to eat that dish. And what that was to remind them of was when Pharaoh told them, you are going to make bricks with straw and mortar. So that dish there, it was edible, but it reminded them of the oppression of when Pharaoh said, you're going to build my pyramids and you're going to do it with this certain type of mortar. So when they ate that, they remembered the bondage. Okay. 
Then you see the bitter herb, the little green. The bitter herbs, that was for them to remember the spirit of oppression. When they ate that, they had to remember. See, a lot of people, they come to God, and when God saved them, then they get weak, then they start to want to go back. They forget the bondage and the oppression and the reason why they wanted to leave the world in the first place. So they had to eat, and when they ate that meal, they remembered. It made them remember how miserable life was in Egypt and why they wanted to leave. See, sometimes when the enemy trying to get you to go back, he don't remind you of how bad you had it out there. He don't let you remember how drunk you was and how high you was and the abuse and all of the things. you. All he's showing you is Egypt with the connotation that it's going to be a relief if you leave God. Somebody say the devil is a lie. <laughs> so that was the Passover dinner. And they had a couple other things on there. And so what happened when they would eat that every year, God made them eat that. It was a holiday. Now the Jews had three holidays that now I'm going to move to Pentecost. And this is where you're going to really get some understanding from Passover to Pentecost, that word Pentecost is Greek meaning 50, okay? Penta means 50. So 50 days after Passover in the Old Covenant, 50 days later, they had what was called the harvest of first fruits or the feast of harvest called Pentecost. And here's what happened. 50 days later, three things happened at the minimum. That's when they came out of Egypt. 50 days later, Noah went up to get the law. So 50 days later, God established them as a sovereign nation. 50 days later, God established them as a country. God gave them a constitution. God gave them their own code of rules to live by. They became their own people, just like he said. Also, it was a time to mark a harvest coming in. So when they had their harvest, they had another festival at Pentecost. They would celebrate the harvest that was coming. All right. And then it was also called the harvest of first fruits. What that is, is they would go and get some of the crops that were coming from the harvest. They would walk through the streets like a parade, celebrating, thanking God for the blessings that he gave them. It's kind of like this. How many of you ever been to the Rice Festival in Crowley? <laughs> Do you know what the Rice Festival is? They celebrating rice. How many of you ever been to the Crawfish Festival? Do you know what they grow in Broadbridge? Crawfish. They celebrating crawfish. <laughs> How many of you ever been to the Rabbit Festival? That's where I'm from. I took Shannon there on a date one time when I first met. You remember that? <laughs> Festival International. Anybody ever been downtown to Festival International? That's it. Nobody. What? I mean, it's Louisiana. We know about festivals around here. So Pentecost, it was a big old festival. So there was three times in the year the Jews, they would travel back to Jerusalem for a big old festival. For the Passover, for Pentecost, and for the Feast of Weeks, which I didn't get to that yet. That don't relate to this. <laughs> so, 50 days later, 
They received law. They celebrated harvest. And they had a celebration for the fruit that was coming in. They were blessing God. All of the Jews would come to Jerusalem. And it was a big old festival. You look around. Can you imagine going to the crawfish festival and the Holy Ghost just start falling down? Can you imagine going to the contraband fair in Lake Charles and all of a sudden you just see people falling out, getting full of the Holy Ghost? But the reason people go to festivals, when you're getting ready to go to a festival, you plan it, you get your best outfit. How many of you, sometimes when you're getting ready to go to the Crawfish Festival, you might call E. Brown, I need to get my braids done. I saw that. I need to get myself together. I need to get my outfit. You're getting you. You're going to the festival. You're going. It's a. It's a. You waited all year. It's a time of anticipation. There's some excitement. People spending money. You get hotel rooms and you get rental cars and you call your cousin to come from college and that's what you do with big festivals. That's what the Jews were doing on the day of Pentecost. Oh my God. See, you got to get the spirit of Pentecost and understand what was going on. You got to understand why the Holy Ghost was coming like a rushing mighty wind. He'd been waiting for that day for thousands of years. All right. So y'all got that? All right. So look what happened. So let's go over here to... So y'all remember what happened 50 days after Passover, right? In the Old Testament, 50 days after Passover, they got law. They celebrated a harvest. And they had a festival celebrating the crops, thanking God for what was coming, all right? Now let's go into this word. I had to give you a little background because that's all leading up to this. And when people fight against you, being baptized in the Holy Ghost and all of these things, speaking in tongues and all of that. People don't even realize they are fighting against a divine plan of God that he had in the making all the way back when he spoke to Abraham that the gospel was going to come to the Gentile world. See, people come with all kind of arguments and they don't even realize that when you are speaking against the plan of God, you are speaking against something that God originated in his heart thousands of years ago. Amen? All right. And I find a lot of people that's never been baptized in the Holy Ghost, they argue in the Holy Ghost, instead of just getting the faith to get the Holy Ghost. (laughs) Because there's some things you can argue, but there's some things you can't deny. Like, you can go in the Scripture... (laughs) And you probably can argue with me on some different points. But what you can't argue with me on is when I walked in that back room at my grandmother's house and I began to repent of my sins. And I began to think of, Ed, the more I repented, the more I thought about what I needed to give up. And the more I got closer, the more God would say, let that go, let this go, let this go. And the more, see, this really happened. Like, I'm not telling you something I read about. I'm telling you what happened to me. <laughs> see, you can't argue what happened to me because I ain't crazy. 
My mind is sound. My reasoning faculties are intact. I know what happened to me. I used to like weed, liquor, going. I used to love all of these things. When that spirit hit me, all of that was gone. That really happened. No, that really happened. No, no, no. That really happened. Saying some words didn't do that for me. So I'm in the back room, and I'm calling on God, calling on God, calling on God. And all of a sudden, when that spirit hit me, I heard a language come out that I didn't learn at Highway High or Dillard University. I didn't learn that. I didn't practice that. It was flowing so fluently, I literally opened my eyes, and I'm like, what in the world am I saying? I was like, what am I saying? Like it was, I'm like, what is, what is going on? Like, you know how you can want something, and then when you really get it, you're like, I'm like, what am I doing? Couldn't stop. And then when I came out of that experience, I know what I felt. I felt clean. Uh, it wasn't like I took a shower. It was like something on my spirit. It was like my spirit was light. It was like I was a, a different. And I was just like, man, what just happened? Alizé didn't get me to that point. <laughs> the weed and blunts didn't get me to that point. All of the clubs I went to, I went to the, I was in New Orleans. They know how to party in New Orleans. They partied so much in New Orleans, I was like, y'all too wild for me, and I like to party. See? So you can argue with me on all kind of theological points and concepts, but what you can't argue with me on is what happened to me in my heart when the Holy Ghost fell on me. How many of you ever had the Holy Ghost to fall on you? Look at all these. Ooh. <laughs> Remember when that fell on you. Then the number one thing the devil don't want you to do, he don't want you praying in the Holy Ghost. I remember when I first got the Holy Ghost, it took me a long time to pray in the Holy Ghost again. And I'm like, man. What? Then I heard a message say, just keep on praying. Just keep on going. See, he's he going to fight you. He's going to try to trick you, knock you off of it. But let's look at 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. So let's understand the scripture. Let's understand some Bible. Amen. Somebody say, you can argue with me. But you can't deny what happened to me. Amen. All right. So 1 Corinthians 5. Now, all of that God did in the Old Testament was something he had leading up to this. This is what he really wanted to get to. 1 Corinthians 5. You can put that image back up there. I want to show that of that meal. Okay. 1 Corinthians 5 and 7. Look what it says. Is that where I'm at? Let's see. Okay. Hold, okay. Yeah. It says, purge out therefore the old leaven that you may be a new lump as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover. If you have a regular Bible, underline Christ, our Passover. 
If you got to take the notes, right? Christ, our Passover. Christ is our Passover. It's sacrifice for us. That's going to connect this. All right. So look right here. You remember I told you how they had to eat that right there to commemorate whatever meat it was? Well, in the New Testament, that became Christ. Instead of them eating a meal, he became the sacrifice. That's why he said, when you take my body. So look at, how, look at the beauty in this. Every year, that's why every year they had to go eat this meal. And that's why they would argue so much about what you eat and drinking and all of that. But when Christ became the Passover, look what he told the church. He said, the Jews, they started clashing because some people, as the gospel started going into the Gentile realm, they didn't know about eating this. So the believers, they would go into the Gentiles, try to make the Gentiles observe their holiday. But Christ said, as often as you do this, you do it in remembrance of me. He said, now you got freedom and liberty. You don't have to do it every year. You don't have to take communion at a certain set schedule. But anytime you want to remember the sacrifice that I did for you. He said, as often as you do this. Anytime you want, that's what festivals are. That's what holidays are. They are to commemorate. They are for memories. And Christ say, anytime you want to remember what I did for you, go for it. So he became our Passover. Now listen to this. And I want you to do your research. 50 days after Christ's death and resurrection. Turn with me to Acts chapter 2. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was what? He's establishing. When the day of Pentecost came, remember what it established. They got the Torah. When the, on the day of Pentecost, they got the law of the Spirit. Lord have mercy. I want to let that sink in to you right there. Everything that happened in the Old Testament on the day of Pentecost, in the same time frame, 50 days after the death and burial of Christ, 50 days later, that's why Jesus told them, y'all know Pentecost is coming. There's a harvest. The harvest back then was wheat, but the harvest on the day of Pentecost was souls coming into the kingdom of God. Whew. It says, when the day had fully came, meaning, now think about this. God had literally prophesied about this day all the way back in the book of Genesis. When he spoke to Abraham, then he told him he was the heir of the world. And in your seed, all of the families of the earth would be blessed. He was talking about this day right here. Because when you're born again, you're placed into the seed of Abraham, which is Christ. Amen? 
So the Bible say when the day of Pentecost had fully come. So what three things happened? The law came. So right here you transition from the law of Moses to the law of Christ. Because Jesus said, you have heard that it had been said of old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. That was all the way up to this day. When this day came, he said, now we got to get past the adultery. I'm going to give you something that gets to the root of adultery. What makes you want to commit adultery is lust. So he said, I need to give you a spirit that can get lust out of you. On the day of Pentecost, the Lord of Spirit came. And Jesus said, it's no more not good enough not to do it. But now I'm going to deal with you when you look to do. You have heard in time of old, ah, for an ah. But I'm saying, whosoever is angry with his brother, what he was trying to tell you, anger is the root of murder. In the old covenant, you murdered and threw up an animal. In the new covenant, I want the anger out of you. When the day of Pentecost came, God is not accepting you to throw up animals and keep doing it. No, if you were in Christ on the day of Pentecost, that is when the new law was established that put away anger. Oh, my God. Remember, laws were established on Pentecost. Oh, my God. Jesus came to deal with the reason we violate. The law of Christ deals with the reason we violate. The law of Christ deals with the thought and the intent. When Pentecost came, now it's time to deal with evil thoughts. <laughs> he said, because that's where the origin of why you do, you do it because it starts in your mind. Then he said, I need to give you something that can go in your mind and give you better ways of thinking. Be transformed by putting new things in your mind. Oh, my God. Now, you got to catch this. This is beautiful. They were all with one accord in one place. This is why a lot of people can't get into the move of God. Because they just simply have too many things on their mind. You got too much going on. When the move of God visits you, you got to block out mom, dad, children, anything that's blocking you from getting in the flow of the Holy Ghost. You can't let nothing get in your way. When you're discerning, you're in the presence of the Spirit of God, and you, the angel to stir that water up, you better jump in with two feet because now is the day of salvation. It is the acceptable time of the Lord. And if you miss it when that door closed, God does things strategically at strategic times. Which I'm going to prove it to you. Now, this the part, this is revealing heaven to you right here. And suddenly, there came from heaven a sound as a rushing mighty wind. That was an emotion being expressed. That was a huge festival. The people were excited to be at the festival, and God was excited to come meet them at the festival. 
Amen. Y'all caught that emotion right there? It's called the spirit of God, meaning God is expressed through his spirit. So you got to think about this. Years of speaking this to Abraham, the day had finally come for this promise to be fulfilled. Lord Jesus. Perfect. Thank you. Think about this. This day was thousands of years in the making. It wasn't accidental. It wasn't by coincidence. They had what was called a calendar. And it was on the calendar, heaven's calendar. They were strategically placed there. And God knew on this day who was going to be at Jerusalem. God knew who was going to be in church today. He already knew. He already had something planned for you today. When you felt that Holy Ghost coming in through the praise service, you already can feel the energy of God coming in this place. You can feel it. Thousands of years in the making was the day of Pentecost. Thousands of years. Then it says, there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it just sat on him. <laughs> My brother right there last week, he said he felt like his chest was tingling. He felt like his mouth was tingling. Something just sat on him. In 1996, I remember, I was working at Robinswood. And it was a Thursday. That's how vivid it is. I've been going to a Bible study in the alley. My friend Troy, Troy Rainey, y'all know Brother Troy. He took me to this he introduced me to it, and I started going to this Bible study, and I went back there, and that day, I could just, I, the day, I, I was going regularly, but when I started going this particular day, when I woke up, y'all remember when we were teenagers, we used to wear, like, different jerseys, like Michigan jerseys, hockey jerseys, y'all remember that? The Toronto Maple Leafs didn't know nothing about hockey, we just wore that. So that day, I had a jersey on. And so I remember I went to my orientation at my job, and I'm sitting in my orientation, but I'm steadily moving my jersey because my skin felt like it was irritated. I didn't know what what was going on, but I just felt like a burning. You ever felt like a rash? You just felt something? And all that day, I just felt like something was, and so I kept, I'm sitting in there, and I'm just moving my jersey all day, and I'm like, man, what's and I'm like this. You know, sometimes you put bad deodorant on and you feel like an irritation. It's what I'm just trying to describe. I didn't realize that that tongue had sat on me that morning. I didn't realize that. I didn't know what was going on. And so I'm just moving the jersey. And I'm just like, man, why this thing? What is going on? So I get out of there. It was about four. I get home back an hour away. <laughs> Go to this Bible study in the alley down by my grandmother's house. I walk down the alley. And the ladies, they were in there. There were some older ladies, and they were having a Bible study. And so though, I still feel this on me. And I'm sitting there, and they start talking about the Holy Ghost and different things, and they're like, let's pray. So I'm standing up there, and everybody closed their eyes. That's why I can never forget this. Everybody eyes closed, and we, they're all in a circle. And I feel like somebody walked in the room. And I'll look up. I say, somebody moving around because you can feel a wind. So I'm like, who came in here? Like I peep up and I'm, I'm trying to see what's going on. I'm looking and I'm like, 
And I looked at all of them and they just head down, just praying, praying. And I'm like, Dang, what's going on? So I didn't get it right there. Walked out of there. When I walked out of there, I'm walking down the alley and I heard a voice very clear. They said, you're not finished yet. You didn't get it. I went into my grandmother's house. I, they had a room on the back. You remember that room? They had a back room. I go in the back room. I get on my knees by the bed. And I just start calling on God, asking him to fill me with the Holy Ghost. And as I'm asking God to fill me with the Holy Ghost, he just bring into my mind all of the things that I've been doing that's not pleasing to him. And as he begin to show me what I'm doing that he don't like, I just start repenting of it. Saying, God, I repent of this. God, I give this up. God, I'm not going back to the club. God, I leave this alone. And it got real intense. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> when you're tearing for the Holy Ghost, sometimes and you really mean it and you close your eyes, your emotions get bubbling and you can feel something coming up on you and you just start feeling the energy and all of a sudden you just zone out and you start sweating and, and you just and all of a sudden something just hit me in that room and when it hit me I just and I just heard something coming out and I was just like and it was just flowing and flowing and flowing and it didn't sound like a, it sounded like words and people better be careful when they say, oh, that ain't real. That's the devil. Because when you speak against the Holy Ghost, I got to teach you this. That's called blasphemy. All manner of sin on the face of the earth, you can be forgiven of. But when you start calling the work of the Holy Ghost, the work of the devil, that's blasphemy. And people need to know that there is no forgiveness for that. So you need to be very careful when you call something that God is doing by the Holy Ghost. The devil. People don't hear that too much no more. Jesus said, you can speak a word against the Son of Man and I'll forgive you. He said, but if you speak against the Holy Ghost, he said, there is no forgiveness for that. Can I get an amen on that? <laughs> That's how serious this is to God. It's God's will. <laughs> okay? So it says... They appeared unto them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. One translation says, as the Spirit gave them that ability. See, when the Spirit of God fall upon you, he starts talking to God. He starts communicating to God. He starts articulating to God. There's so many languages in the world. I don't know what kind of language you're going to get. Don't even try to figure it out. Just by faith say, God, that's what you want. Let it flow. And that's not an easy process. Because in Acts 19, the people say, we never even heard of that. So some people, they never heard of it. More and more people have now as we moving on in the 21st century. They probably heard of it but never been around it. Amen. Now look how the Bible's going to bear witness to what was going on. It says, now there were dwelling at Jerusalem, the Jews, the devout men out of every nation under heaven. What is that telling you? People came from all over the world. The Jews started traveling because once a year they came to Jerusalem to celebrate the natural feast of Pentecost. So that's why everybody was there. They all were there thinking it was just another Pentecostal celebration. 
See that? It, like it was just another time of the year. We'll just, isn't that amazing how sometimes you can go to church and think, man, I'm just going to church today. Somebody just invited me. But God got plans to do something in your life that you didn't even realize was getting ready to happen. See, but they thought they was just gathering, but God had them marked on his calendar. This is going to be the first time that I pour out the Holy Ghost on all flesh. Oh, my God. So look what happened. Holy Ghost fell. Now, when this was noised abroad, <laughs> people started hearing about it. Man, they had 120 people in the room. It's a big feast, y'all. You got people everywhere. Man come from over there in Mesopotamia. <laughs> look at this. This man is speaking a language. He's speaking my language. I know where he's from. He don't. What? He drunk. It was a big festival. So they say, man, he just drunk. He over there drinking. It's, he don't need something wrong. Everybody trying to figure out. Can you imagine that you at the crawfish festival and somebody run up to your car? LJ, LJ, come over here and look at this. He was eating crawfish and look. I'm trying to give you the set and I'm trying to show you what happened. See that? And so all of a sudden, everybody just started talking about it. It was the talk of the day. Everybody, man, these people speaking in another language, they talking, they just gibbering, what, what, trying to figure it out. Now all of a sudden, so people, see, and this is, the, this is why you got to be careful of who you let teach you the word. Watch. <laughs> the multitude came together. They were confounded. Now, the worst thing can happen is somebody confused trying to teach you the word. Here they are confounded, but all of a sudden now they're about to be a Bible scholar. How you going to be teaching God's word and you don't even know God your own self? <laughs> you never even told nobody you were saved, but now all of a sudden somebody got the Holy Ghost and you got the explanation. How you going to let people tell you what happened to you in church and they don't even go to church? You know what happened to you at this altar on 1515 West University. You know what happened to you. Don't go back to people that don't know God that's confused about what happened to you and start letting them explain to you what happened to you. You let people that don't know God explain to you what happened to you and it happened to you. That's a trick. The woman at the well, she didn't even know God. The Bible, Jesus said, you've been with five men and now you're shackling. But all of a sudden, when they got started getting deep in the conversation, she said, well, in this mountain is where our fathers worship. Jesus said, now here you are living with a man and now you're going to start teaching me the Bible. Think about it. You know them by their fruit. It's not hard. But don't let your emotional attachments to somebody make them be your religious authority. Just because that's somebody you love, that don't mean they know God. Oh, my God. Are they all confused? <laughs> they, every man heard his language. They were amazed and marveled. So you, now you see confounded or confused. Amazement. When you get amazed, you're just trying to say, man, something, what happened? The marveling, you trying. So they start saying to one another, see, they trying to, some people trying to figure you out. 
See, some people trying to figure out what happened to you. Some people trying to figure out why you don't want to go to the trail rides no more. So they talking about you in the back. And know you, man, you saw this. You saw what they put on Facebook. They turned, they liked, they called it. You see that? How we hear every man in our own tongue. He said, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, all of this just showing you where people came from. And they were all amazed in one doubt, saying one to another. Now, this is the best thing they said. What mean it this? See, if you don't understand, don't try to explain it. Just ask what happened. Don't try to knock somebody out of God. Just say, what does it mean? Oh, my God. Help me, Lord. Now, some people started mocking. You see how when a move of God happened, people just trying to find explanations for it. These men are full of new wine. Now, here comes Peter, somebody that God gave understanding to. He said, he stood up with the 11. He lifted up his voice. He said, men of Jerusalem and all of Judea, all of you that dwell at Jerusalem, listen to my words. Let this be known unto you. These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's too early in the day for that. (laughs) He said, but this is that. Somebody say, this is that. See? When the Holy Ghost started falling, this is that. That Joel stood up and prophesied about thousands of years ago. He said, they're not drunk as you suppose. This was a divine arrangement by God that today is the day at this festival when all of these people gather together. This is the day that I'm going to introduce the spirit of God to the world. And I'm excited to do it. I've been looking forward to this day. That's why the spirit came in with so much energy and excitement and power. That's why when you get the Holy Ghost at this altar, you feel that rush because the Holy Ghost can't wait to come live inside of you. He, soon as you start to repent of your sin, the Holy Ghost starts getting excited. As soon as you make up in your mind that you want to be saved, heaven starts rejoicing. Why? Because the angels start rejoicing. Whenever a soul starts to come to God, the Holy Ghost gets right up and he can't wait for me to say, who want to come to the altar? That's how heaven feel. When he see you pricked in your heart and your mind, heaven starts to get excited. I'm getting ready to save somebody. Today. I'm getting ready to pour out the spirit. I'm getting ready to get a connection with somebody today. And even if it's just one person, heaven is just as excited. Now, remember this. It said Pentecost was a harvest. So, Peter, 120, got filled. Next thing you know, guess what happened? As Peter preached this message, (laughs) y'all know what harvest happened? Them people, as Peter started giving an understanding, they say, men and brother, what must I do? And he started telling them about Jesus. And the Bible say at that one message, 3,000, somebody say harvest time. The day of Pentecost was harvest time. So 3,120 people came into the kingdom one day. You tell me that wasn't strategic. 
You tell me that wasn't divine. You tell, so when God, when you hear God speaking to you, don't miss out. Because God does certain things at certain times. And his will, now I'm going to tell, let me show you, let me give you, let me give you some insight and tell you where you are. He said, in the last days, I will pour out of my spirit. God lives in generations. He lives in ages. He doesn't live on your Monday to Friday schedule. God lives in eternal. Eternity is broken down into ages and generations. Okay? Jesus said, this generation shall not pass until the last days is a generation. What is the last days? From the time Jesus left to the time he come back. In that window right there, the Holy Ghost is going to be falling. That is called the last days. So now, he said, now is the day of salvation. The day that you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Because now is the acceptable year of the Lord. So in this generation called the last days, God's will is for you to be filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't let nobody tell you different if you say you know Jesus and you don't have the Holy Ghost. Get the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you what happens when you get the Holy Ghost. The Bible said by one spirit, are you baptized into one body? When you come and say, I want to be a part of life change, that's good. But what's better is getting the Holy Ghost because the Holy Ghost puts you in the body of Christ. Life change is not the body of Christ. I know y'all love y'all little church, but we're not the body of Christ. We are a part. We have an assignment. We got some work to do, but we are not the sum total of God. We are not the only ones where the Holy Ghost is falling. There's millions of people all over the world getting baptized in the Holy Ghost. I know you love your church. I know you love it. I know you love it. I love it too. I thank God for it. But we just a part. There's almost 8 billion people in the world you need people in Africa preaching the gospel you need people in I did some research in Latin America it's a hotbed for people getting full of the Holy Ghost it's a hotbed Holy Ghost falling in Latin America all of the time so don't y'all be sitting on 1515 University thinking y'all better than everybody when I went to Franklin to meet Miss Mary, she already had the Holy Ghost. I never met her in my life. Go out there, meet her for Bible study. I met her and some of her sister friends. They already I'm, got the Holy Ghost. We've got to stop acting like we just so great and awesome and realize what we are. We are a part I don't care how great you become, you are a part. You're not baptized into life change when you get the Holy Ghost. You baptize into Christ. Christ was here before life change. Life change only been around since 2018. What in the world people was doing before 2018? When life change is gone, when I'm dead and gone. And if Christ hasn't come back, he's going to raise up other men and women of God preaching in his name, filling people with the Holy Ghost. I might be dead and gone. Jesus say, what if I tarry? What if I don't come back in your lifetime? Some people think they're so great. Well, I know Christ coming back in my lifetime because I'm just so great and I know I'm going to see. You don't know that. How you know? 
How you know what make you so special to where your ministry is just so great that Jesus just got to come in your jurisdiction? The two men were standing up. And one man looked at the other man. Then Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep, feed my lamb, feed my sheep. Then Peter said, okay, all right, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. But what's this man going to do? You know what he told him? What's that to you? That's what's wrong with the church. Church is competing, comparing themselves to one another instead of working the harvest. <laughs> There's a harvest of people that need Jesus. There's a harvest of people that need God. Your grandmother need God. Your uncle need God. Your co-worker need God. Why we want to argue with one another instead of putting our hand on the plow and bringing people in the body of Christ? We need to be focusing on this harvest. I know my assignment. My assignment is to help as many people get full of the Holy Ghost until I leave this world. I've been knew that a long time ago. My mind on harvest. When you work the Lord's harvest, there's a reward for you. The more people you bring in, you are con- when you work in the harvest, you're connecting to the day of Pentecost. And when your heart is on harvesting, God is going to give you the Holy Ghost because you're going to need discernment. You're going to need wisdom to win souls. You're going to need love. You're going to need compassion. You're going to need the Holy Ghost to give you knowledge. That's what has made me more effective understanding this. It really just shifted my thinking so much. The Holy Ghost did that. Somebody say there's a harvest. Somebody say there's a harvest. There's so much revelation in the word of God that Jesus was sitting down at the well, tired, y'all. He was weary. And the Samaritans were over there. And they came back and they saw Jesus ministering to that woman. They went to get food. When they came back, he was up, he working. And then the woman going to Samaria. Jesus had ministered to that woman. Her life got so blessed, she just took off, started telling all kind of people. When she started coming back, the disciples was coming back. And when they were coming back, he said, look out there, look on the field. Look what was happening. The woman got so excited, she was just behind her. People were just walking. People were walking. People were walking. And Jesus said, don't say there's four months until the harvest. Because by the natural calendar, the crop they were waiting for was going to be ready in four months. He said, get those calendars off your mind. He said, the fields are already white. Meaning, what are you waiting for? Is every, there's a harvest 24, 7, 65 days of the year. All day, all night, somebody need God. He said, the harvest is already ready. Tell somebody about Jesus. Tell somebody. He says, already white. And the more people you bring to Christ, you work in the Lord's harvest. So look what Jesus said. He looked at the harvest and look what he said. Help wanted. <laughs> he said, the harvest is plentiful. Is, if you know English, is a present tense word. But there's going to be a labor shortage of harvesters until he come back. 
We need more preachers. We need more apostles. We need more spirit-filled churches. We need more evangelists. We need more of everything. Your wife needs to be saved. Some of you got children need to be saved. Some of you have cousins need to be saved. That's a harvest. Say, God, give me a heart for people. See, I'm trying to get our minds elevated and focused on the global harvest, the global body. The body of Christ is global and it's eternal and it's massive and it's huge and it's for everybody. Pentecost was just the beginning. It was just the start. And that happened 2,000 years ago. And there's been so many souls coming to the kingdom since the day of Pentecost. But there's so much more, many more to go. Oh, my God. Y'all give the Lord a hand. I hope I'm making sense to y'all today. Amen. Praise God. Let me finish this up. And on my servant, he said, I pour out my spirit. All flesh. Somebody say everybody. everybody. Sons and daughters prophesy. Young men see visions. Old men dream dream. Tell me you've been in ministry. The young men, if you're young, you should be having vision of ministry. If you're young, you should be saying, Lord, here I am. I'm young and I'm strong and I'm ready to work for you. Lord, I'm young and I'm strong and I'm ready to go to work. The older people, he's talking about if you've been in ministry a while, sometimes, amen, you can lose hope. You've been fighting so long in the war. Amen. Sometimes you can get a little discouraged. God said that Holy Ghost will come back on you and you'll dream of ministry again. You'll start dreaming of things that God will show you things. How many of you know sometimes in a war you need to gather yourself and recuperate? God's going to give you dreams again. Amen. He said, and on my servants and handmaidens, in those days, they would prophesy and show wonders. Man, that's so beautiful. Then it says, and whosoever, somebody say, whosoever, shall call on the name of the Lord, can get full of the Holy Ghost. Oh, my God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Is this blessing, y'all? I don't want to bore you, but amen. Let me just finish in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Now, you see why the devil don't want you to get the Holy Ghost? Because he know you, you can't, I don't care how smart you are, you can't outsmart him. And I don't care how strong your mind is, you can't outwill him. It's, it's spiritual. Amen? Let me just finish right here in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And I just want you to get, think on this right here and as we get ready to go. Now, this is why God gives us the Holy Ghost, okay? Okay, verse 4. And I'm going to just read through this. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. And that's what you got to watch. Because when people don't understand the Bible, they try to be smart and explain it through their own mind. So Paul said, I'm not coming trying to explain it in my mind, but I'm coming to demonstrate you the spirit of God and power. He said, the reason I'm doing that, this is what, listen, church, he said, your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said, but how be it we speak wisdom among them that are perfect? 
He said, yet not the wisdom of this world, for if the princes of this world, the wisdom of the princes of this world will come to naught. He said, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. How many of you know Pentecost is a mystery? And how many of you know that the Spirit of God reveals to us the things that God wants us to know? Amen? Paul said, we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. He said, even the hidden wisdom which God has ordained before the world unto our glory. You see how long God had Pentecost on his mind? God had the day of Pentecost on his mind before the world began. Wow. He said, which none of the princes of this world knew. What he's telling you is, it doesn't matter how educated you are and how smart you are. The things of God are not revealed in Princeton, though it can be. It's not revealed in Harvard, though it can be. He's just trying to share with you. The things of God are not revealed by man. It's revealed in the spirit of God. Hallelujah. He says, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, and this is a beautiful scripture, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. What this scripture is saying is you can't be riding on your riding mow, sitting in class, just doing things, and then the things of God pop in your mind. It doesn't matter how smart you are. You don't get to know God by intellect. You don't get to know God by in books. And you don't get to know God. Though some men can write things that enhance your learning. But the point Paul is trying to make is the things of God are not going to just come to you randomly. It's never going to enter your mind, your ears, and your heart. They say, but look what he says. It says, but God gives us his spirit. Why? God reveals them unto us by his spirit. When you want to learn things about God, when you want to get the things of God, it's the spirit of God that comes into your mind and into your heart. And it begins to open up the things of God, the word of God, understanding to you. When you go into your Bible, you may be a novice and never read the Bible. And then you ever read the Bible without the Holy Ghost and then read the Bible again with the Holy Ghost. And you say, man, I done read this over and over. Now, it's like a light went off. Because when the Spirit of God comes in your heart, he reveals the Word of God to you. Praise God. Why? Listen. The Spirit searches all things. Yes, he emphasized the deep things of God. What is he saying? The things that God have planned for your life. The spirit goes and it searches God's mind. When you get filled with the Holy Ghost and that language that is talking about, the spirit of God know God's will for your life. And every time you praying in the Holy Ghost, the spirit of God is praying according to what is searched in God's mind for you. Every time. So I understand why the why the gates of hell fight against people speaking in tongues. I get it. It's, it's a good strategy. It's a good strategy. Why would you want people speaking to God for their life? Wouldn't you want people just praying to see their enemies die? <laughs> praying for houses, praying for cars. 
But when you get in the Holy Ghost, you might in English say, God, I need a husband. The Spirit of God might come and say, she don't need that right now. You have a husband waiting for but right now we need to heal some things. Right now I need to teach her to forgive the old person that hurt her. I need to let her know that she's complete in me. Don't let the enemy make her vulnerabilities, make her go back to the world and forget what happened to her and why she came to Christ. See, the Holy Ghost will start praying what God wants for your life. He'll start praying what's best for your life. He'll start praying God's divine will for you. And in your little heart, without the Holy Ghost, you're trying to figure everything out and why this going wrong, why that's going wrong, why this is happening, why this not lying up. God, why you didn't give me that job? And God's saying, she's not ready for that job. I'm going to give her a promotion, but if I give her 80 grand, I'm not going to see her next week. So I'm going to keep her at 40 and teach her how to be content for a little while. I'm going to teach her the word of God. I'm going to teach her who I am. And as she grow in grace and in the knowledge of me, it's my good pleasure to give her the 80 grand when she's ready. That's why the devil don't want you praying in the Holy Ghost. He wants you to say, I'm a Christian without a connection. Because when you don't have a connection, you just pray what's on your mind. But when you got a spirit praying for you, you praying according to the will of God. It's a big difference. Amen. Y'all stand up as we get ready to go. Hallelujah. This blessed anybody today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. All right. It says, for what man knows the things of a man? Now he's going to give you some very good information as we get ready to close. Except he has the spirit of a man which is in him. Meaning your spirit teaches you how to behave as a man. He said, but there's a, even so the things of God know no man but the spirit of God. In other words, what he's saying is God's spirit knows how to live like God. God's spirit understands God. God's spirit knows God. And he's saying, just like you can't be a man except you have the spirit of a man, neither can you know how to walk and please God except you have the spirit of God. Isn't that plain? Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. They say, now we have received. Somebody say, I received it. Now, Paul said, you didn't get the spirit of the world, but what's living in you is the spirit which is of God. Why? That we might know the things which are freely given to us by God. If you receive the Holy Ghost, then you are not asking the Holy Ghost to teach you things. Then you are not asking the Holy Ghost to reveal the word of God to you. Then you receive the grace of God in vain. The grace of God is the Holy Ghost. It's the spirit of grace. Amen. So don't receive the spirit of God. Think about it. Every time you go through a situation, you can pray in the Holy Ghost and the spirit of God can take you to the exact scripture dealing with what you're dealing with. And not only the exact scripture, he'll give you the understanding of it. He'll show you God's heart and intent behind that. Because all scripture was given by inspiration of God. So when you get the Holy Ghost, you are being connected to what inspired God to write. Lord, have mercy, Jesus. Amen. 
He said, but the natural man receive not the things of the spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. And it's not personal. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. No matter how smart you are, you can't learn God and understand God in your natural mind. Hallelujah. It say, but he that is spiritual judges all things, but he is judge of no man. It says for verse 16, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? Catch this. This is what you're taking home. But we have the mind of Christ. When the Holy Ghost come up on you and fills you, that is the mind of Christ. Hallelujah, Lord. The way Christ thinks, feels, and view things. That's why I said if any man is in Christ, he's a new creature. Christ's mind is in you. Christ's heart is in you. Christ's will is birthed in you. Praise God. And he say all things are of God. All the Holy Ghost want to do is praise God and glorify God. You see that spirit of praise that was in here today? The Holy Ghost, that's what he want to do. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Mm. Hallelujah. So I want, we want to pray with you today. Hallelujah, Lord God. Hallelujah. We want to pray as we get ready to go. Thank you, Father. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you, Father. Amen. We want to open up the altars, amen, this morning. Amen. And if you want to give your life to Christ, amen, we open our altars up to you. Amen. If you want to repent of any sin, if you say you save, if you have something you need to repent of, we're opening our altars up to you. If you have the Holy Ghost and you just want to be refilled, you want to be cleansed all over again. How many of you know sometimes you need to be refilled with the Holy Ghost? Amen. A lot of people don't realize that when you're living in life, you lose. You give up. You lose. And sometimes you need God to touch you all over again. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So the altars are open. Amen. And we want to pray with you. Amen. 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 Come on up. Amen. We're going to wait for you. Amen. If you want us to pray with you today, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And let us be humble. Don't be arrogant. Don't be proud. Amen. If you know you need something from God at this altar today, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Thank you. It's God's will that everybody is full of his spirit. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on up, sis. We got room for you. We're going to wait up on you. Praise the Lord. Take your time. I'm believing God to hear you, my friend. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Remember what the scripture says. The scripture says they were in one mind, one accord, 
Amen. I'm asking that our whole church, everybody, let us our mind be focused on nothing but Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Nothing but the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And we're going to believe God, amen, for his spirit to fill this place, even as it was in the Bible. Hallelujah. Amen. Let us bow our heads and let us begin to pray. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, oh God, we humble ourselves before you. Hallelujah. And I'm going to ask God that you give these faith, oh God. God, as we begin to lay hands on them, the Bible says they laid hands on them and they were filled with the Holy Ghost. God, as we begin to pray, God, and as we begin to call upon you, Lord Jesus, you said, whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord God, begin to pour out of your spirit. Touch somebody right now, God. God, we ask to know, God, that you fill us with your spirit. Save us today, God. Thank you. Come on, lift up your hands to the Lord and begin to call upon Jesus wherever you are. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Come on, let us pray with those that are calling upon the Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Come on, all you got to do is just receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, as we begin to pray with you and as we pray for you, Hallelujah. If you are believing in Christ and you've never been filled with the Holy Ghost, lift up your hands wherever you are and allow the Holy Ghost to fill you. Hallelujah. You, maybe you've been walking in Christ for a long time and you need God to fill you with his spirit. Amen. Praise God. Pour out of your spirit, God. God, even as you did in the Bible days, oh God, pour out of your spirit right now, God. God, we need you, God. We call upon you, God. Come on, saints. Come on, prayer warriors. Let us pray. Come on, people want the Holy Ghost. Let us pray. Let us pray. Help us pray. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, God. Yes, God. Yes, God. Pour out of your spirit, my Lord God. Pour out of your spirit, my Lord God. We need you, God. We need you, Lord God. Baptize us again, God, in the Holy Ghost, God. Baptize us in the Holy Ghost, my Lord God, even as you did on the day of Pentecost, my Lord God. Connect us to you, Lord God. To God in a mighty way, God. Connect us, God, to you, God. Connect us to you, God. Connect us to you, God. By your spirit, God. By your spirit, God. By your spirit, God. By your spirit, God. Connect us to you, God. Our poor God. Our poor Lord. Yes. Pentecost, God. Harvest, Lord. Harvest souls, oh God. Bring them in the kingdom, Lord Jesus. Bring them in the kingdom, Lord. Fill every believer with power, Lord. Touch them, Lord God. Touch
touch every believer, Lord Jesus. Fill them with the Holy Ghost, God. Baptize us in the Holy Ghost, God. There's a mighty harvest, mighty harvest. Thank you, Father. Yes, yes, yes. Pour out of your spirit, God, even as you spoke. In the book of Joel, hallelujah. Yes, yes, God. Deliver me. Thank you. Come on, saints. Come on, come on. The Holy Ghost. All I seem to do is fill this place. Come on, wherever you are, receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, as we get ready to dismiss, receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, come on, the Holy Ghost is in this place. Baptize us, oh God. Baptize us, oh God. Thank you. Baptize us, oh God, in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. Yes, yes. Come on, whatever you need to be free from, lift up your hands. God want to free you. God want to free you. God want to set you free today. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, thank you, Father.